Hi guys, and welcome to the next episode of Bitch Work Podcast. I'm so excited to be here with Emma Diamond and Julie Kramer, who are the founders and creators of the Instagram account Comments by Celebs. Thank you guys so much for coming today. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you. <laughs> um, so let's just take it from how you created Comments by Celebs. Yeah, so it happened in April 2017. It was basically just a result of an algorithm change. So you know, take yourself back to 2017 scrolling through Instagram. I know it seems totally different, but basically the way that it used to be was the comments that you would see, those bottom two comments that were like, quote, featured comments were just the most recent. And it wasn't until they made their first algorithm change to highlight celebrity commentary and comments from people that you followed. So all of a sudden we're seeing all of these comments that we had never seen before. Like you'd be scrolling through Kourtney Kardashian's picture and you see, you know, a comment from Scott Disick saying how pretty she looked. And we're like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever. We were screenshotting them and sending them to each other. And I said, I was like, I'm making this an account. Like, Julie, do you want to do this with me? And she was like, yeah. And here we are. (laughs) So you were, were you guys both still in school at the time? So I was, and I had graduated, and I was in between Syracuse and Columbia grad school. And I was abroad in Tel Aviv at the time. So the algorithm changed. You noticed all these comments. So you just kind of made an account, which I know that people, like, come up with these crazy Instagram accounts all the time. Like, so, like, what do you think it was about your, your brand and, like, your idea that, like, really made you stand out? I mean, I think, you know, it's a really simple concept. Like, when you think about it, it really is just screenshotting celebrity comments and, you know, adding a witty caption. We're not doing anything revolutionary in terms of, you know, content-wise. It's not like we're creating creating something out of the blue. I think that it, what it did was it put, um, it was like reporting on celebrity news in a totally different way, in a really unconventional way. Mm-hmm. And I think it was addicting because what it did was it allowed people to feel like they were, you know, peeking in on this intimate detail of celebrities' lives. Like, we tag our friends in memes all the time, but then when you see Sophia Richie tagging Madison Beer, it's like, wait a second, what's going on? Yeah. You know? Well, it's absolutely brilliant. I know that I'm obsessed with comments by celebs, and, like, I literally... I was literally just laughing hysterically at, like, one of your Chrissy Teigen roundups on my way home. Um, I forget what one it was, but it was hilarious. Oh, like, her with the Trump thing. Yes, yeah, It was today. so funny. You were sitting here um, today, and we were like, should we just do it? No, it was hilarious. Like, I was dying. Um, so I would love to just kind of talk to you guys about the day-to-day of what it's like to, like, be in the midst of comments by celebs and, like, what you guys do on a day-to-day basis, like, how you pick which comments you're going to feature that day like what it's like to have your podcast and kind of like just a day in the life of you guys if that's cool yeah of course I mean (laughs) we we always joke when people ask us this question because it's I think that people have potentially a different idea so how you know how we operate and really it's logistically speaking we do uh, we have a podcast that's two episodes a week so on Mondays you know we're recording all day and we usually have meetings Mondays and Tuesdays the other days, it's we're working mostly remote, so we're only physically together two to three days a week as of right now. Um, we don't have a conventional office space purposely. We really like being remote and kind of having the freedom to work from whatever. It's really just on our phones and a little bit on the laptop. Um, you know, f- the first thing that we always do is finding content. So, like, throughout the day, we have an album, and it's throughout the day, we're just adding pictures that could potentially be a solo. We, we send it to each other. We decide if it's going to be a solo or a roundup. If it's Got not it. good enough for a solo, it's going to go in a roundup. We add it to our shared. When that shared album reaches 10 pictures, we go through it and we decide if we're going to post a roundup. And in terms of monitoring that, it's partially us searching and it's partially we have unbelievably loyal followers who just send us something the second it comes in. Mm-hmm. So it's really, we're really lucky in that way. Um, so it's, you know, partially content. And then it's a lot of 
you know, every day we're on the phone and, and interviews and meetings and just phone calls. And we now, you know, we have a manager and an agent and things that we never had before. So it's a lot more kind of the business and the creative element of it, which I think we're really yeah. enjoying. Love it. Yeah. So I feel like, I mean, at least for me, I think the biggest misconception is like a lot of people and a lot of girls, especially in like our generation and like today with social media, like want so badly to have an Instagram account with that many followers and have that many loyal fans and people who like crave their content. And I think a lot of people don't understand like really what it takes to create something like that. And they have this like glamorized idea of what it is in their heads, even with like social media jobs, like working for a company and working in social media, people like don't understand what that actually means. So like, what do you guys think is kind of like the biggest misconception about it and like what people like expect, but it's not actually real? Well, I think one of the biggest misconceptions just about how money is made on Instagram and something that I think we've run into a lot is people being like, so just because you have X number of followers Instagram then pays you and it's like you don't make any money unless you're getting ads on your page and I think that's a huge misconception that people have totally like and also it's not like the ads you know it's not like it's all inbound at least at the beginning there's obviously outreach and and you have to get super creative with the way that you want to do that you know I think like something that's a little bit different with us than a lot of these I feel like the people that you're describing is like we made a really conscious effort like we always joke we're the only two like 24 year old girls that have 1.2 million followers and like literally do everything in our power to not be famous. Like you never see us post ourselves. Our private, our personal accounts are private. Like we have no desire to live that influencer life kind Mm -hmm. of, you know? And I think that, um, I don't know. I just think that that is a huge difference. You know what I mean? Totally. Like when you're building your own part, like I get it. These blogger girls, like I have so much, honestly, like respect for them. Like the fact that I know people think, oh, they're just taking pictures of themselves. That's all. It's that's so a much work. Time job, like that's not easy. No, I, it's not I can so barely like get my hair and makeup done for work in the morning, so I don't understand how they like do right. like ten outfits a day every day and like post all this stuff. It's it's truly my worst nightmare, and like something I just we're not capable of, and nothing that we want to do. Um, so for us, it's cool that I think we have the angle of, like really being content focused and not yeah. like we can do it in our in our sweatpants, and that's fine. I personally like never see ads on your Instagram. Like at least that's not something that's like there to my eye like I think you guys if you are using ads like you integrate them super well so how do you go about that like what is sort of like your ad routine integrating that and making money on Instagram well thank you that's the goal we try to make you know make them go as kind of unnoticed as possible basically um, we made the really conscious decision from day one that when working with advertisers it would need to be consistent with our content meaning all ads are in the form of comments so basically an advertiser comes to us you know, we kind of work something out with them. Either we'll create a meme or we have an asset and then we come up with a comment. They leave a comment. We have a private meme account that we can post something on. They can leave a comment on. We format it. And as long as it's funny, we find that people don't care. Like people are not annoyed by ads if it's not disruptive. And that's worked really well for us. That's so smart. (laughs) Thank you. What's like one of your favorite ads you've done? Uber one. Uber, yeah. We, um, Overheard LA has an account Overheard Uber Mm -hmm. and um, we did a deal with them so they have like a really funny Overheard Uber post and Uber then commented on it um, I can find the link so you can put it Got up it. with this. Yeah. It was like a very creative and it, we got like 65,000 It was likes. like one of our best liked posts yeah, at the time. One of the conscious decisions we also made in the beginning was we posted a lot of brand comments without it being an ad just so people got used to seeing it in their feed. Mm-hmm. So now when we do those ads, 
people, it's not that people don't realize that we're doing ads, like they don't see it at all. It's just that they see it and they think it's just that brand is being funny. So the right, brand totally. gets the recognition, it's just not as an in-your-face ad. Totally. Mm-hmm. Like the thing that's standing out to me most is like Pornhub and John Mayer. Like I don't know if that's an ad, but like that's like one of the brands that like I always see. Yeah. At least, but also because like maybe Instagram's just like serving more John Mayer content because like I only look at pictures of him. <laughs> <laughs> um, those aren't ads. No, that's just Pornhub being like very funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, you'll know it's an ad because we'll write like paper right, 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 or whatever. Right. But that's exactly a perfect example of like, okay, you see a Pornhub ad, you may think it is, you may think it's not. So then you're not so kind of shocked if you see like an Uber ad, for right. example. Totally. Wow, that's so smart. Thank you. Um, so when did you guys know like? okay, this is real. Like, we're going to, like, make this into a business. And also, like, I'd kind of like to get into, like, the more um, nitty-gritty about, like, making your own business and, like, maybe if you guys are cool with it, like, getting into, like, what steps you actually have to take to, like, create an idea and make it into a business because I'm sure there's a lot of girls out there listening who, like, maybe have an idea or have, like, a blog or a smaller Instagram and, like, want to make an LLC or something and, like, don't really know the steps to take to do that. So I'd love to know first when you knew and then kind of get into, like, how you took those, like, actual technical steps to, like, create your own business. For sure. I think that's, like, a really important question because it can seem really overwhelming if you're not familiar. Um... So we knew, I would say, around February of 2018, which was when Kelly Ripa started first talking about us on live, and it really started to blow up, and that was when I kind of decided that my second year of Columbia I was going to defer, and Julie kind of decided she was going to put off applying to grad school, and we were like, this is something. Like, we're getting the celebrity recognition that we kind of always wanted, and we're getting, you know, all of a sudden our, our posts started getting um, embedded in magazines, which now happens, I mean, in articles, which now happens daily, and, and, you know, we were getting interviews, we are like, okay, this is something. Um, so it was then, and then... Logistically, you know, I always say, like, we, I feel fortunate in the fact that I come from a very, like, entrepreneurial, business-minded background in terms of my family, so they were almost ahead of me in terms of that. Like, before we even were really official, they had us, you know, my, my uncle was like, okay, we need to get an LLC, mm-hmm. you know, we have to, a lawyer, you know, you and Julie's partnership agreement, like, all of the stuff, you know, handling, if you're working with someone else, something really important is before you take off is handling equity and handling salary and all that type of stuff, because, you don't want to be dealing, the last thing you want to be stressed out about is the business aspect or the money aspect. Like, we want all of our focus to be on the creative energy to it. Um, so, yeah, totally getting set up in, with an LLC, totally getting the partnership agreement set up. Um, we had a lawyer early on that even before we had, like, a real legal team, kind of, like, any little deals we would go through, just going over it once and, yeah. you know, pay, paid her hourly instead of a percentage. Because as you get bigger, a lot of the big lawyers, they take X percent, so like 5% of the deal. Right. But starting out with a lawyer that charges hourly is a real game changer because it's a lot cheaper in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like that were, were super important. And starting a business account, getting the business credit cards, those are all things you have to think about. We ended up, you know, in January, we hired Isabel, our, our third member of our team, and even something as small as like getting her credit cards that, you know, all the expenses and, and tracking every single one of your expenses, putting out a budget. Right. Like these are all things that, not that I wouldn't have done anyway, but I feel very fortunate that I have, like I said, family members that are so experienced in that. Totally. That really pushed us to do it. So for someone who is planning or wants to start their own business, maybe something similar in this, will they like be working with sponsors and working with brands? Would you recommend them get like a business manager to like help them like deal with all of that stuff? Yeah, and I, I, you know, it really depends. I think a lot of it depends on your personality and how much you know you can handle in the sense of, like, I think naturally, you know, 
I, we liked taking that on at the beginning. We right. waited till the last possible minute to get a manager. We did not get a manager until like February of this year. Um, and we had outreach way before because we really liked being in charge. It, it, once it got bigger than we could handle, when we needed someone with a little more experience. Um, I definitely don't think a business manager is a bad idea by any means, but I think your first step needs to be a lawyer. Like, yeah. Hands down. And, and like I said, an hourly lawyer doesn't even matter, but just spend that, the little money that you invest in a lawyer early on will come back to you in spades. And like, truly it's, it's, it was that's, the best thing. Yeah. That's such a good tip. I feel like I need, should like need to get a lawyer now. <laughs> so now I'd love to talk to you guys kind of about, about like how you got here and like your path to this, because obviously this is an unconventional route for a lot of people when they like think about getting a job and when they think about creating their life. So usually on the podcast, we'll kind of go through like how each guest like, got their first internship and then how they turned that internship into a job and whatever. But I think with you guys, we can kind of discuss like what you studied in order to give you the the tools to create something so so powerful and so awesome because obviously like they didn't just like pop out of thin air like it had to come from somewhere so I'd love to kind of take that route with you and if you guys do have any like internship or job tips along the way I think we should definitely touch on them as well um so why don't we start off with internships and like what you guys studied at Syracuse so I studied psych at Syracuse and do you want to well, so Julie said it's like I studied communication and rhetorical studies, um, and I had a minor in business management, which honestly, the business management minor is nothing for. Like, I started off as CRS too. What did you think? Well, I was only there for a year because my mother was like, if you do not get into Newhouse, I'm not continuing to pay for Syracuse. Right. And I was like, I guess I have to get into Newhouse. Yeah. So then I did. Yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this and you didn't go to Syracuse or you don't know about Syracuse, obviously the Newhouse is like the most esteemed communications program. And I I wouldn't have gotten in from high school, but freshman year I could have gotten in. Like I purposely, I had like a 4.0 freshman year yeah. and I was like... I'm not, there's no way, because I felt like it was too targeted. Like, I felt mm. like you had to know what you wanted to do. Like, I didn't know if I wanted to do broadcast journalism. Totally. And all that stuff. And what I liked about CRS, which is Communication Rhetorical Studies, which the way they described it to us um, is human interaction and the art of persuasion. Yeah. So it's kind of like general communication, and I, I loved that. Um, I loved the classes that I took, like oh, the verbal yeah. communication class, and like the nonverbal communication class freshman year, like I thought was so interesting. Um, and I felt the same way about Newhouse. I was like, I think I want to be on camera. Like, that's something that would be really fun. But, like, I don't want to do broadcast journalism. Like, yeah. that is not my vibe. Um, my internships, I started at, the. I think, well, actually, funny enough, you were watching Bravo when we came. My first, like, real internship was working with Ryan Sturhant. It was the weirdest thing. On a whim, I just emailed his, like, assistant. And I, you know, wanted to work with him. And they were like, yeah, we'd love to have you. And I worked for like a month or two at his um, office when they were down downtown and uh, it was a really cool experience. I thought I wanted to do real estate at the time, just like an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, and then I was at Brass Gear, which is a fashion PR company. Always loved the idea of PR, got there. So grateful for the experience, but realized PR is the last thing I ever want to do. It was like way less glamorous than I think people seem. And, and I, I definitely like behind the scenes, but it was like, I wasn't stuffing bags every day. Like that's just, I wasn't, there's yeah. just no way. Yeah. Um, and I, my most valuable internship for sure was I interned at Bloomberg and I was on the Global Fund 3 and Engagement team. Oh, cool. And it was like, I don't know, it kind of changed my life, honestly, in the sense that t the programs with Bloomberg, and I know it's like a very popular internship for a lot of people our age, is that typically people think like sales and, and management, like those things. And this was, they had four interns. It was 
so closely related to Mike in the sense of like any client event that he had, like the client event at the Whitney's, we were the team that went. Mm-hmm. Any like philanthropy event. So it was just really a cool experience. Like super hands-on. It's super hands-on. And like they have this thing called Golden Sachs of um, 10,000 Small Businesses where they, I, I think this is like the most inspiring thing ever. They held out this nationwide competition for small business owners that were like, had a successful business, but were struggling in one aspect. So let's say you were marketing, you're struggling finance. Cool. And they together gathered the best executives in every category from Golden Sachs and Bloomberg. They brought them together. They worked with these people. And then one day they came to Bloomberg and they had this full day workshop. So imagine you're a small business owner and you get to meet with like literally the CEO of Goldman for the entire Mm -hmm. day. Yeah, that's it. And presented it. Like I was, I was in charge of the whole thing and it was, it was amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So. So we also love to talk about like how people got their internship so we can talk about that but I also want to go over to Julie for a second so you can say what you did during your summers because I think it's like so incredibly relatable and like good for you so I when I was in high school like since I was so I was a psych major in college but since I was in high school I knew I wanted to do psych like it was never a question I always knew that because I wanted to do psych that I was gonna go to grad school and because I knew that after college it wasn't going to be an immediate need for me to get a job, my parents weren't so on me to get an internship. So I was, like, a big camp person. My whole family went. My mom worked there. And I just, like, wanted to go for as long as I could. So I went until my summer going into junior year of college, which was way too long to be <laughs> going. And, like, I'm very thankful that my parents let me go that long. And I think that had I expressed any other interest other than psychology, my parents would have been like, there's just no way. Um, but because grad school was always what I was going to do, right. they were really like flexible with me and, and easy with me. So when I ended up deferring grad school, it was like, this really was my first, I mean, I also, when I was at camp, I was a supervisor. So I was like in charge leadership. of leadership. I was at leadership and I was in charge of a whole staff of people. And I was emailing parents constantly and dealing with different things. So I had definitely had skills that I applied, but it wasn't in the traditional sense of, right. of what most people do. Totally. But I think that, like, going to camp and, like, doing something that you love for a summer is, like, or all the summers is brilliant. Like, do it. Like, to be honest, like, in college, everyone's like, oh, my God, you have to get an internship. You have to do this. You have to do that. But, like, you can really figure all that stuff out later, and you never know what could happen to, like, pressure yourself that much. Like, if you're young and you love going to camp, like, just go to camp. Totally. Yeah. It was, I mean, I'm so thankful that I got to go for as long as I did. Yeah. I wouldn't have taken it back. I mean, especially being in the position I'm in now, which... Because you work for, like, the rest of your life. So, like, if you're in college and, like, you want to go back to camp, just, like, go to camp. Or, like, if you want to, like, be a lifeguard, just, like, be a lifeguard, I guess. You know? I think people, I really do. Like, I did those because I wanted to do them. Totally. And I think that people put way too much pressure on themselves. It's, like, really, at the end of the day, like, that one internship is not going to change your life. It's just not. Right. And, yes, you build connections, and that's super important, but, like... I don't know. I think that whole world right. Like I think crazy. that there is like people out there who are like I want to get an internship because like that's what's gonna make me feel fulfilled and happy. And like I was one of those people. Yes, I had yeah. internships all throughout college. But I think there's people who are like I feel fulfilled by like spending time with my family or like spending my summers like with my friends and like that's cool too. Mm-hmm, totally. And the other thing with psychology is that there aren't a lot of internships that you can just take. It's not like because there's so much like schooling that goes into it and confidentiality and 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 totally. things that it wasn't like it wasn't as simple as just like okay I'm gonna go work for a PR company it's like the the psych they don't usually hire interns it's right not like, like how it works so you don't want like and I knew I didn't want to like it's funny doing this because I n- never thought I wanted to do anything other than in the field of psychology yeah that's so crazy do you ever think that like maybe one day you'll go back to it or yeah. like implement it maybe I, I don't know I I definitely use it like I find that I use like psych and 
and like everything that we do, especially when we're talking to people and communicating and something we do a lot in the podcast is just analyzing different celebrities and their behavior. And I like, I just notice all of the psych stuff that I know coming in, but yeah, there's, there's definitely times where I'm like, I could go back to grad school. I could yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's I always know, we'll there see. for yeah. you. Yeah. Okay, so Emma, I'd love to talk to you about something you said specifically about Ryan because you said you just emailed his team and, like, got an internship, which I think is, like, so brave, so good for you because I could never do something like that. (laughs) I mean, I could, but, like, I'd be nervous. Um, And a lot – we do talk a lot about how people got their first internships and how they got into these amazing programs when they were in college. So I'd love for you to kind of just, like, take a step back and explain sort of, like – why did you reach out to Ryan? Like, what about it that you were like, oh, like, I think I should just email him and, like, why not? And then how you got the Bloomberg internship and kind of go into that a little bit. For sure. Well, I just want to say, like, with Ryan, I, I, like, had no connection. It wasn't like my, you know, dad knew someone. It wasn't, I literally, I had an interest in real estate and I had an interest in Bravo. And I was like, this guy is so smart. Like, I could learn so much from him. And I literally went on the, at the time, it was Nest Seekers, Nest Seekers website, found Mm -hmm. his email and just sent a very authentic I mean, I have, writing is, like, my thing. I love it, and I feel like I kind of, I have a very colloquial sense of writing, so I kind of write like I talk, Mm -hmm. and I basically just said, you know, I am not only a a Bravo fanatic, but not in, like, a fan way, kind of, like, I'm just so inspired by your work, and I really am interested in the field of real estate. I think there's no one better that I could learn from, and if you need any sort of help, I, I can't say I have experience, but I have drive, and I have interest, and I have curiosity, and I think that, like, that's probably something you look for. Yeah. You know, I just did it. So advice that I always give people is like, what's the worst thing that can happen, right? They say no. They, either they don't respond or they say no. You will never be looked down upon for sending something so authentic and, and showing interest. If anything, it's flattering. Yeah. Um, and I think I, that's incredible. That's amazing. Like, I think a lot of people get super intimidated by these people. And, like, we have the power and the ability to just, like, send an email. And it's not that hard to, like just write something up it's not like you have to cold call them or like do anything so crazy like just being genuine and telling people that you're interested could be enough you never you never know yeah what what why not you know what I mean literally why not that's the whole thing um so that was for that one for you know the PR firm I I knew someone and then I went in for the interview and I just like the second we sat down she were talking about like the Kardashians makeup artist I'm like okay this is obviously in and um for Bloomberg also my aunt like had a connection and she you know the thing is the thing about connections and depending on the places, they get you in the door, but they open the door. You have to get yourself through. Totally. So, like, these, this team wasn't hiring just anyone, and you really have to... And on both sides, you have to see if you vibe well, you know, also. And I, my aunt, like, it was a... It's a big deal to kind of... Something that I always say to people is, like, even if they if someone is asking us for, like, a recommendation, like, but all, the only thing you have is your word. So you can't just recommend anyone just to do someone a favor because that's then a reflection of you. Right. So, like, it's very flattering when someone's willing to make a connection for you because it means that y- they think of you as, like, valuable enough. You totally. Know? And so having that, like, having my aunt really put her, you know, reach out for me, I was like, okay, I got to show up. Right. Like, you're, someone's putting themselves on the line, exactly. so you have to show up and prove that you were worth that for, for them. Sure. Yeah. But I think connections are amazing, and I think any connection, no matter how vague or weird or, like, disconnected it is, is always helpful. It's so much better than, like, sending your resume into the black hole. So, I mean, I never would look down upon connections. Okay, so now, because you guys own your own business and you, it looks like you're expanding your team and whatever, I would love to hear, like, what you guys would look for in a resume of someone And, like, if you were looking to hire someone, just so that the people listening can kind of get an idea of, like, what you're looking for if they are looking for a job in social media. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll – 
So, well, first of all, we did hire um, Isabel, our, our friend, is starting in January, and that was, like, the best decision we ever made. I think, you know, for us, which is a little different maybe than some other people, or maybe not, we're very much, like, vibe people. So, yeah, credentials are important, obviously. You know, we want someone that, that clearly has a passion for this, but to a really good energy, positive energy, an optimist, someone who's not... Um, who doesn't look for the the worst in a situation or like the weakness, but more so looking for ways to positively improve it. Like I think problem solving is one of the most valuable skill sets a person can have. Mm-hmm. And for us, and I think this happens in a lot of social media jobs, it's like confidentiality is so crucial. Like if you get the, you know, if you, someone, let's say you interview someone and they start talking about something that isn't the most, isn't the most public thing. And maybe they shouldn't, that's a huge red flag. Cause it's like, then they would do the same thing to you. And right. especially with what we do, you know, we've, we're interacting with such high level people constantly that it's really not optional for someone we work with to not be really have a high yeah. level of professionalism. Right. What do you think? Yeah, no, I would totally agree with that. I was saying the confidentiality is probably the most important thing. Um, I think the thing with social media that's also special is that it's such a new field that you don't have to have like a strong background in social media. It's kind of hard to at this point, but everyone's kind of familiar with the way it works. So just like showing those strengths off, but also just other areas in which you can find it relates to social media is a huge asset as well. It's hard to tell someone not to be sensitive because that's its character trait. And like, that's, there's nothing wrong with being sensitive, but I think that employers, or at least in our case are more um, inclined to work with someone where you don't have to really walk on eggshells in terms of your delivery. Of course, you don't want to be, you're never going to be rude to someone. But to know that they have thick enough skin that you can say you want a task done and not have to, like, really, you know, so, like, I don't know, you know, sugarcoat totally, it. Totally, so yes. Much. Like, kind of, yeah. no matter what job you're in, even in my job, every single day, you get criticisms. Like, I'm a video producer. People give me notes on my videos. I have to take those notes and be like, okay, this is to make the video better. It's not because I suck. Exactly. It's because this is what's going to be best, and it's going to help my end product be better. Exactly. And, like, no matter what field you're in, you're going to have to deal with that. If you're a lawyer, I'm sure, like, I've, I have no idea what lawyers do. I've n- I know nothing about law. Mm-hmm. But I could assume that they write up things and people review them and then they give them back notes or like you lose a case I don't I don't fucking know but no matter what field you're in there's gonna be criticisms there's gonna be people who you know don't sugarcoat things because they don't have time to so I I agree I think that that's a super important quality in literally any field that you want to get into like any field even if you're a doctor or a psychologist like a client could be like I don't want to work with you anymore Mm -hmm. you have to take that and just like accept it and move on and not take it personally that's exactly for sure yeah do you guys only look for people who are like super passionate about celebrities like the content that you're putting out there in pop culture and like Kardashians and Bravo and all that stuff um definitely someone that's super in the know just because we don't have the time to explain why something is funny like we can't explain to you that Catherine McPhee is David Foster's wife and that's why she her relation to Aaron and Sarah like you just gotta know that stuff you just have to know like you have to be really deep in it definitely you know as much as we are like insane pop culture enthusiasts we're not like I know it may seem like we're celebrity obsessed but we're really not like we're we're not starstruck kind of people we're just fascinated by it but not like super fangirly and that's Mm -hmm. there's a huge distinction there because in our experience, the people that we've met that are fangirly are also incredibly, um, like, they, they want to be, like, they want their picture taken, they want their picture everywhere, and that's not not our vibe. Like, for us, personally, right. if your goal is to be famous in your own right, which is I totally support for people, you're just not going to fit well on our team because we're so behind the scenes. 
we refuse pretty much like ev- we don't walk any like if we go to an event and there's like a red carpet we're the last ones to go on it like right. we don't do any of that stuff so right. for us someone that's a little more low-key I think yeah I mean the way we describe it usually is like we it's more of a fascination with celebrities and an obsession like the way that pop culture then becomes culture and the way it plays into our everyday lives and and the way that celebrity just like the examining celebrity more than just being obsessed with celebrity so somebody that that understands the difference between those two things. Totally. It seems like the way you guys are describing it is like you're more of the producers of an Instagram account as opposed to like the talent or like the focus of the Instagram account. Like you play more of a producer role, which I totally relate to because that's what I identify my job as than like being the person in the front, in the face of it. Like you're more of a producer. Exactly. Yeah. That's a line that we walk really finely in terms of like now that we have management being like talent versus being media and it's it's a very interesting thing. We totally. don't want to be famous. Like we want the account to be famous and it's really flattering to be the business women and the voices behind it, but like by no means I mean you see, we have we've never posted ourselves ever. Yeah. Our personal like it's not our thing. You guys aren't even tagged in like your bio. Like it no. says your name so you're not tagged. Because we're our personal accounts are yeah, private. private. We're not looking for fault. Like it's just not our thing. Um so yeah, that's totally yeah. Okay, so now I'd love to know, like, what are your favorite posts and just things about comments by celebs? You go first. Oh my god, there are so many posts. I mean, my favorite thing in general is just unearthing these, like, strange celebrity friendships and relationships that you would never know. So one of my, like, favorites, I was saying this on a different podcast this morning, but I'll say it again, is one of my favorite posts that we ever did was a Madonna and Quavo comment where, like, Migos are in Miami and, and Madonna comments on the picture and goes, that's outside my house, what are you doing there? And Quavo just responds, trapping. And I was just like, what world are we living in that Madonna and Migos are, are not only talking to each other on Instagram, but, like, they're standing outside Madonna's yeah. house and we're given that information. I just think it was, like, the epitome of our account. Um, my favorite post ever was just, like, Julia Roberts' clapback, which I just, I just can't believe that, like, we're living in a time where Julia Roberts, who used to be this most, like, untouchable actress, is clapping back about her nail polish color on Instagram. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, there's something cool about that, yeah. whether or not you are into celebrities, Yeah, you know? I think the best thing about your account is, like, although we all have access to this, which also I'm going to let you guys know that I literally thought because of you, Instagram changed their algorithm. That's so Like, funny. I literally was like, wait, like... I think that because of this account, then Instagram changed. But I guess I got that wrong. But, like, that would have been super cool. <laughs> I thought you guys, like, went through, like, s- like searched through comments in the beginning and just, like, found them. In the beginning, them, but... we did. And yeah. Kind of, yeah. You know, because the, sec- the first change was the initial, but the second one was all the blue checks go to the top, as you know. Right. That it wasn't a thing before. So, like, the initial change, it was only if you saw those two. And if you didn't oh, catch I them, see, you had I to see. scroll. Yeah, 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 yeah. We did a lot of scrolling before that second change. Yeah. A lot. I can't imagine. So, um, so you guys also have a podcast, like you said. Yes. So, first of all, when it, what is the podcast about? Okay, so it's about, we started in July of last year. Um, it's about, it's basically just pop culture, the, you know, the week review in pop culture. So we go through the biggest stories, we give an award ceremony, so funniest comment, best clapback of the week, we do a full Kardashian recap. We purposely separate the Kardashian content because... There are people that live for it, and there are people that t- don't want to hear it, and we totally get both of those sides. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we are the former. Oh, but, same. I love um, Kardashians. I have to watch the episode from last night. Oh, it's amazing. Amazing. So okay, good. Yeah. Amazing. Did you guys recap it today? Well, so, yeah. yeah. So, so that's our one show, and then our second show is a Kardashian bonus show, where we, in season, we recap the episodes, and out of season, we just do, like, deep dives. So, oh, my God. So when they were on a hiatus, we did, like, a Kanye deep dive, Chris deep dive. It's super interesting. Um, 
you know, the, the podcast is just like a very natural progression for us because on our account, it's really not our voices. So to be able to then talk about these stories is, is really cool and kind of, we do it from a very like positive perspective. It's not mean, it's not, you know, gossipy feeling. Right. It's just like us kind of psychoanalyzing what's going on and talking about it like we would anyway. And yeah, you know, what you were saying about the guests, like, so when we decided we were going to do it, Kelly Ripa, who has been our biggest supporter and like just the kindest human being we've ever met, we asked her to be our first guest, and she did, which was like a really legitimizing experience. Totally, for us. I feel really legitimate that you guys are here oh for my, my podcast. God. That is so, <laughs> so sweet. I'm, I'm being honest. I really, I really feel super legit. I would never not be here. I told you for anybody not for anybody that doesn't know this, which I assume is everybody, because how would you? Um, <laughs> when Jordan visited Syracuse my freshman year. She came with a friend, and she came into my room, and she comes in, and I was like, oh, my God, this beautiful, I said to oh Rachel, my God. I was like, this girl is so beautiful, so bubbly, so fun, like, I totally, I remember it so vividly, you can ask Rachel, that's yeah. why, I was like, this girl's going places, but I always remembered you, and then you, you ended up coming yeah. to Syracuse, and I'm just so proud of you. That's so funny. Um, so, yeah, that's I remember funny. that night, but also very barely, because I was extremely drunk, because okay. I, like, visited colleges, for, college for the first time, it was not, Obviously, not a good experience yeah, for me. Oh, my God. Um... So, yeah, so Kelly was our first guest, and then from then on, we decided, like, when we have guests, we don't want it to be an interview. We want it to be them co-hosting. Yeah. So, like, we had Katie Kirk on, which was, like, a really cool wow. thing for us, and she, you know, there's Katie Kirk, like, talking about what's going on with Cardi B and Offset, and it's like, what? That's so funny. Like, I just, it was so a really, funny. it's, it, I don't know, it's kind of like, um, just this whole, like, even famous people love famous people, that's our tagline, yeah. and this is true. Yeah, totally. So. Who have been your favorite guests, besides those two? I mean, yeah, Kelly and Katie were definitely up there. Amazing. Brad Gruski. Brad Gruski, Justin Sylvester from Daily oh. Pop. That guy, seriously, like, out of everyone we met, he is one of the people we speak the most highly of. He is the most charismatic, fun, smart, witty, quick, creative, uh, like, contagious energy person. Yeah. I mean, we, no one speaks more highly of him than we do, truly. He's the best. If you guys, he's, he's at the ladies that are on Instagram. Yeah. I'm telling you, he's He used best. to be, like, Kyle, uh, Kyle, Kyle Richards', Richards assistant, yeah, right? Yeah, like, kind of, like, his, the, the babysitter almost to the kids. Yeah. Um, that's why his name is the ladies yeah. in a way. Yeah. He's the best. Um, those were all amazing. I don't know. We've had Gary Janetti was really fun. Yeah, oh, we've, been, we've just been so really funny. fortunate with the people. Lisa Renna. Yeah, Lisa. Renna Lisa oh my God, how we forgot Lisa. Um, we've had a lot of really fun ones. I don't know. We've been lucky with that. It hasn't been formal outreach. Yeah. It's just been them DMing us. Or that's friends. so crazy. Do you have like a dream guest? I mean, obviously a Kardashian. Like Kim is really our goal, and I I feel in my soul it's gonna happen. Yeah. Do you guys get? I mean, I don't know if this is like confidentiality, so if it is, like, please don't answer. Um, do you guys get a lot of celebs who like will reply to pictures and like, and like, add comments or anything? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, I won't say names, but yeah, we totally. It's it's bizarre how. Um, well, yeah, we, it's crazy. We not that was totally an unanticipated thing. We did not expect that we would be having this close of a relationship with yeah. celebrities, but I guess, and it makes sense. One, they recognize that we're like respectful, normal, confidential girls, and also, in a way, we're doing them a service in the sense that like it's highlighting humor, and I think that they can appreciate that in, in a really like respectful way. Yeah. So it's a good relationship. It's it's like mutually yeah. beneficial. I think it definitely helps that you guys are like super confidential about who you are because they don't want to like get involved with like thirst monsters exactly right so like totally yeah it super helps yeah. um so my last question is when you guys when you came up with this idea emma like did you have any idea that it was going to be like this like obviously no one has no one can like expect that it would turn into like such a massive brand but when you've had the idea where you like shit like this is going to be something or you like oh this is just going to be fun um 
I it was definitely for fun, but I knew it was going to be something. I didn't remember this, but I my aunt told me that I said to her, "We're going to have a million followers by 2019," and we hit a million. January 20th or something, 2019. That's so crazy. Yeah, I just knew, I just, like, I saw how addicted we were to seeing the comments, and I knew it was something really special. I was like, if we care this much, and we're like, I don't know, I consider us pretty, like, on the pulse in terms of what's what's cool, like, you know, in yeah. the world of pop culture, and I was like, and especially Julie, like, Julie has an, an unbelievable sense of humor, like, she's one of the funniest people I know, and she was thinking this stuff was funny, I was like, okay, this is, like, it's this a is thing, funny. it's a thing. I didn't, to be honest, I didn't anticipate that it, business-wise, that it would grow into so many different kind of, like, verticals, but I don't know. We always, I always say, like, I knew I was never going to have a nine-to-five. I always knew I was going to be my own boss. I just didn't know how it was going to happen, so yeah. I think this was, like, divinely guided in a way. I mean, That's so amazing. Cool, no, also, we talk about manifestation a lot here, too. Like, I think every, every single one of my guests has been, like, I manifested this for myself. Like, I totally asked for it, and, like, the universe gave it back to me. Like, I think... We have, like, some super strong themes. I don't know if it's just because of who I hang out with. But, like, ask for what you want. Universe will give it to you. And, like, keep in touch with your bosses. <laughs> Absolutely. The manifestation thing is real. I do that. I say to Julie all the time. I'm like, we will have Kim Kardashian on this podcast by, like, April of next year. I'm going to start manifesting it for you. Thank, Thank you. you. You're Thank welcome. You. You're welcome. You guys can manifest for me that, like, I'll get a boyfriend in 2019. Oh, my God. Absolutely. <laughs> manifesting as we kidding? speak. <laughs> you want it, you'll have it. And Julie. Yes. When Emma called you and was like, when you were in Israel, yeah. were you like, this is crazy, I don't know? It's or... really, it's really funny. We still joke about this because when she texted me, she was like, I want to do this account. She was so serious about it. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, she was like, I can find somebody else to do it. Like, I'll ask somebody else. Do you want to do it? I'm like, no, no, don't ask anybody else. Like, I'll do it. But like, she, oh, like, the thing about our personalities is that Emma is so much more the optimist than I am where I'm like, sure, whatever, like. Like, a little bit skeptical, but as it started to get bigger, she would be, I told you. I yeah. told you. Like, <laughs> I told you I was right. And she's like, I never said it wasn't I was like, I never said it wasn't Well, obviously, well, like, obviously there was something inside of you that you were like, no, 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 don't ask anybody else. Like, you knew that I it was... I think I just like, wanted to be involved. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll hang out with you. <laughs> That's the other thing. No one could have imagined that we would become so close. Like, we were friends, and, like, we were friendly. She was two years younger. We weren't... But now it's like we are literally sisters. I mean, it's, it's truly like being in business with, like, you are... I can't even explain it to you what it's yeah. like. And Isabel, too, is like, we are just such best friends, and there's such a loyalty there. And to everyone, to my earlier point, that's why get your business shit out of the way, because you don't want that to ever mess up your friendships. Totally. Get the administrative yeah. stuff done. Just bite the bullet and do it. Pay a lawyer, get it done. It, it will change your life not having to yeah, think about it. Yeah, totally. So my last question is just, like, for anyone who, like, has an idea out there or, like, has an idea for a podcast or a YouTube channel or an Instagram or whatever – what is your, like, biggest piece of advice for them to, like, grow their following, grow their brand, and just, like, get started with it? Mm-hmm. Mine would just be, if you can, capitalize on something that hasn't been done before. Because I think we, we're starting to see people following in the exact same footsteps as a lot of people. Which works. When you see a plan in front of you, it makes sense to kind of follow that plan and see. But when you become so oversaturated with the same thing, it's hard to stand out and it's hard to make it. When you come up with a niche idea or when you come up with something really specific that you really like, that there's a market for it and it's missing, then you're going to have the most success. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I'll, you know, I think like choosing something that everybody says that you're passionate about, but like that really matters because it, it doesn't feel like work. Like truly, like we would be 
doing this anyway. We would be looking for celebrity comments anyway. We just wouldn't be getting paid like to do it. Like it wouldn't be a business basically. So choosing something you'd be doing anyway, I think is so valuable. And also just like, you know, I understand that the desire for like to have more followers and to get more recognition, all that stuff. And that's real. And I understand that more followers is more money. And like, I get it. But at the same time, like you really have to stay true to your kind of like morals and your sense of self. And we, we said, I said this on a podcast that we were doing earlier today. Like, you can't, we have this term that we always say, like, a viral content funeral. And it's kind of like, we sacrifice, quote, viral content every day just because it doesn't sit right with us. And, like, as long as you stay true to that, you'll be far more successful in the long run because it's just not worth it posting something that you don't feel good about just because you know it'll get likes. Yeah. Because then it's like you're sacrificing your integrity. And, like, maintaining your integrity is something that is palpable. People can really, like, feel that. Totally. When you have that sense. Yeah. I think that's what it would Guys, thank you so much for coming oh, today. I really appreciate so you coming all the way to Brooklyn. <laughs> um, this was so fun, and I'm just so happy you guys could be here. So if you don't follow Comments by Celebs already, which I can assume that, like, majority of you guys already do, because <laughs> I feel like just, like, my followers would, like, overlap with yours easily, um, follow them at Comments by Celebs. You guys also have, like, a, so many accounts. We have at Comments by Bravo, Comments by Athletes, Comments by Bachelor, which we just started. Um, comments by, by influencers. influencers. Oh, yeah, I love Comments by Influencers because I'm, like, a YouTube fanatic. Yeah, so that's Do you guys think Jake, Paul, and Tana are real? No. No. I know they're not. Um, I have another question. What do you guys think about Emma Chamberlain? I love her. I think she has a really cool vibe. I, personally, her content isn't for me, but I, I understand the appeal. Do you think she's dating that, that guy, Ethan Dolan? You want to know something? I hope she is. Me I, too. He's so hot. First, Good for her. They're both so hot. Yeah. She's gorgeous. I think they would be the hottest couple. And I watched like a million years ago. Did you see their video with James Charles when they went to Vegas? Yeah. Yeah. Like they have they have undeniable sexual chemistry. No, no, no. I think at the time she was, I don't know what the deal was, but I just, I don't know. I, I, I see them working out. No, like, of course I've seen the video with James Charles when they went to Vegas because like all I do is watch Bravo on YouTube. Yeah. It's like ridiculous. Yeah. Um... Okay, follow all of their Comments by Celebs accounts. Also follow at Bitchwork Podcast and at Jordan Rebecca. Follow Bitchwork to get all the updates on the podcast, ask future guests questions, see who the new guests are, all that good stuff. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.